0: It's, uh, it's a song by Jamie Nix. It's spelled K N Y X. I think that's Nix. Called Just Drive. And it's in a tribute to the, to the convoy in Ottawa. And those truckers are really their heroes. Yeah. And I, I say, let's keep trucking. Let's do it. You know, you guys keep going.
1: It's nonviolent. They're making their voices heard. And yes, it's disruptive. But protests are for a reason. Otherwise, government won't change. And so, and up to this point, we've seen all of these protests about things, and nothing changes. Right. These guys are forcing the change. Well,
0: they are. And I I heard one, you know, finally a smart thing coming from the news. I was listening. They said, well, these people have the city locked down, and uh, they're uh, they're locking it down until the government complies. Yes, we are. Right. That's exactly what we're doing. Have a taste of your own medicine. We're going to lock you down until you comply with the people. Because that's what you should have been doing all along.
1: Right. And, and you kind of start to see how people break break out um, kind of naturally. And remember, I was at Gitmo. You know, with prisoners, what you'll find is uh, the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You know, there's always a group that, please don't hurt me. I'll do whatever you say. And then if you get a group of, you say, we got to try to break out of here. Right. We, whatever we, well, well, then these people, they're going to hurt us if you, if you keep doing this. And then they rat them out. Yeah. And and so this is what you're seeing actually on a national scale, you know, kind of a Stockholm syndrome across countries all over the world. And you've got these people
0: up in Ottawa saying, stop, stop this. You know, they're just going to be more mean to us and you're making this worse. Well, yeah. And for those that don't understand what a Stockholm syndrome is, it's like, I, I described this one time on one of my shows and it's like, it's kind of like if you're, you've been captured by kidnappers. Okay. And they lock you in a little square room and they don't feed you. And, uh, they, they keep you in the dark, and <clears throat> so they keep you in there for a long time to where you're used to, you've had everything taken away from you. Right. And so after a period of time, they give you just a little bit. They right. give you, like, maybe a little something to eat, maybe a bottle of water to drink or, right. or something like that, and then you're gracious and, right. and, and you're thankful to your captors. Right. And it's like... That's exactly the game that these governments have been playing on the population, and so many people are falling for it. It's right. like, like like, the term where they were talking about, well, we're going to get back to some kind of semblacy of normalcy. It's like, no, um, we're going to get back to total normalcy. There is no right. new normal. There's only normal. Right.
1: No, you're exactly right, and yet everywhere along the line they've been wrong. <laughs> I mean, And people yeah. still can't grasp this. Wait, you, you said it didn't come out of China. Well, yes, it did. And then when you said it was, it, it was racist. And now we're finding, of course, it's all true. Then they said masks were, weren't going to be used. And then they were. And then they said two weeks to flatten the curve. And, of course,
0: that's been well, two, turns two years into now. into two months and then two years. Right.
1: And, and just every step along the way, they've been wrong.
0: But they keep moving the goalpost all the time. Right.
1: Oh, oh and if you uh, take the vax, then we'll go back to normal. Well, everybody uh, took these uh, vaxes, and then you didn't well, go back to you. Well, still no. have to wear a mask. Yeah, now you need a booster. It's
0: like, oh well, oh yeah, well that booster is. You know, here's the funny thing that's so ridiculous, and people aren't catching on to this. It's like, okay, many many years ago, when I was a little child, I remember I had a polio shot. Right. Okay. Polio used to be a problem at one time. Right. Polio, I believe, is extinct now, pretty much. Um, but see, the thing is, is that they talk about oh, but if you get the vaccine, then you will you will be less sick when you catch it. It's right. like, well, you know, I don't remember anybody getting a mild version of polio. Do you? No. Was there such a thing as a mild version no. of either polio you, after you having the polio? You didn't. Yeah, either right. you got it or you didn't. So if you got the polio vaccine, you did not get polio. Right. Period. Right. That's a vaccine. That's what a vaccine does. Right. Otherwise, it's a therapeutic.
1: Yeah. If they're just going to minimize symptoms... Well, all right, that's basically kind of what a flu shot is, I guess. You know, they're going to give you the flu, so it's milder for you. But, yeah, so, yes, they've even changed the definition and, and of the, vaccine. where's
0: the scientific data even to prove these claims? I, I There don't, isn't. There aren't any. Right. You know, they just, they're just making this stuff up at this point. Right. There, there is no scientific data. It's like I challenge anybody to find the scientific data on this stuff. It, it, it's not there.
1: Right. So what is it all about? It's not about science. It's not about public health. It's about power and control.
0: Yeah, they found the perfect tool to scare people because that is one way that you control people is through fear. And they found the perfect tool to use to make people scared.
1: But now even the liberals are saying, I'm done with COVID. This is ridiculous. I'm I'm not going to live my... And so they're losing the left.
0: Right. There again, like I said, you got to feel enough pain and almost everybody will come around eventually. Right. And
1: so... and. What I love about the truckers in Ottawa is they're forcing the point. And it's just about time. And I guess the Alberta premier, you know, just that province who said, all right, all right, we're going to go back to almost normal. And they're saying, no, it's what you just said about Stockholm syndrome. Right. No, it's either all or nothing here. Right. But you can tell they're starting
0: to back down. It's starting to topple like a house of cards. It's like you're starting to see these cities one after the other. They're caving. They're giving in. It's like, good, good lock them down until they comply. That's what we're going to do. And that's it seems to be working. And we're going to be doing in this country too. We're going to be having our own convoy in this country. it's in the works it's going to happen
1: yeah now they'll be prepared for it because washington has seen what's happened up in ottawa so it'll be interesting to see what the what the government's reaction is and i mean remember that old song convoy by cw oh my
0: god i love that song as a matter of fact (laughs) on next week's show i'm gonna i'm gonna use that for one of my music breaks
1: and one of the lines in there they called our reinforcement from the Illinois, <laughs> Illinois National Guard. Guard. <laughs> <laughs> They're armed cars and tanks and jeeps. You know?
0: <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> C.W. McCall. If you guys have never heard that song, if younger people that are out there that didn't, didn't live through the CB <laughs> yeah. uh, craze back in the, right. in the 70s like I did, it's like you should go into YouTube and look up that song by C.W. McCall. It's called Convoy. Convoy. It's <laughs> so good. I love it.
1: I always it at the end of the song, uh, You guys got to the end, then what? Well, what Ottawa did was they said, this is what. We're not leaving until... We see some change, right? And then when all the people <laughs> rallied behind them and are lining the highways with Canadian flags and with all these signs saying "We're with you, guys," let's go.
0: There's nothing fringe about this movement at oh, all. Oh no, no, no! No, look at the videos on uh, on YouTube. As a matter of fact, I've been posting all the really, really good stuff on my Facebook page. So, if, if you guys don't have Facebook, it's worth having Facebook just so you can look at my Facebook page. Eventually, I'm gonna have my own website and I'm gonna put it every on there so I don't have to deal with all the censorship. But If you go to my Facebook page, Freedom Speak with Becca Marie, I post all of that really good stuff. It's way better than watching the mainstream news.
1: Right. I'm just (laughs) mad it was Canada. Why didn't we do it? Usually the Canadians are kind of laid back, and they're always nice to everybody.
0: (laughs) Right. They're such nice people. It's like even when they were in there stealing their fuel from their base camp, there they were nice about that. And here's something that bothers me, okay? I was thinking about this. It's like you had all these cops in there, and there was a preacher that was there. And I think it's that same preacher that— They were harassing for like months, and finally arrested him. He got out of jail, and they were coming around to his church, and he was calling them Nazis and stuff like that. And so, but I think that guy, he was there. He's there at the base camp. He was going around. He's praying for all the police, all the police officers that were there. It's like I hope that God will bring you enlightenment, and you'll see. But, and, and these, you're right, these Canadians are really, really nice people, and so they're very forgiving and very right. thoughtful, and they're just standing aside while, while they bring, they come in and they haul away their fuel truck, and it's like, what they're trying to do is they're trying to freeze them out, they're trying to starve them out so they can't fuel their vehicles, they can't cook their food, and they're being all, oh, well, it's not, it's not these police officers' fault. Okay, I have exception to that. Right. Yes, it I is. Agree. They are part of the problem, yes. Yes. Because... All of us, many, those of us that are standing up to all this tyranny, we have been suffering over this over the past couple of years. I've given up, enorm- given up enormous amounts of income because I've refused to comply. Okay, these cops, they're no exception to this. It's like, I'm sorry, what you are doing is illegal. It's a violation of your oath that you took when right. you became a police officer. Shame on you. You need to stand up and have a little bit of guts because— you're, you're part of the problem. You're just like the brown shirts right. from Nazi Germany. Those people were probably saying the same thing back then. Well, I have to feed my family. It's like, well, I need a paycheck. And they were probably saying that the whole time they were grabbing these Jewish people and hauling them into the, into the gas chambers. Well, right. I'm sorry. I'm just doing my job. I'm just following orders. I'm sorry. That doesn't cut it for me.
1: No, and that's when it ends. I mean, you started this out, you know, what, two and a half hours ago talking about the Constitution here. And yeah. you're right. It, we all swore, when you raise that right hand and you take the oath, it's to the Constitution of the United States. But if you don't know what the Constitution is, right? Well, all right, well, what was your oath to? But when does this change? It is when the force, whether it's police or military, do an about-face and they stand with the people against a tyrannical government. Then it falls. And so how do you do that? Well, you don't do it by attacking police because they'll just rally to each other and become, it's us against them, and that's very natural.
0: Because that is exactly what the left would like to see. They would exactly. like to see this escalate the violence because then they would have uh, an excuse to use violent, violent force. Right. So if you can... And what you
1: said about, you know, they need to support their families. They need a paycheck. They need that that kind of thing. You're right there, too. I've, I've wondered if they did the GoFundMe to say, hey, police guys, we're going to take care of your monthly expenses. Do an about-face. Stand with us. And that's when leadership goes, oh, no.
0: But, of course, GoFundMe stole their money.
1: Well, right. And so— GoFundMe that, should be sued. Well, of course. And, and, but it showed how government and big tech, which you talked about, again, very early in the show— yeah coming together in what's basically fascism. Yeah. And the government creates laws and regulations and rules that basically prevent the little guys from ever competing. And then we call this capitalism. No, no, no. We don't have capitalism anymore here. Uh, you might want to call it crony capitalism. I mean, it's got some face of it. But really, you have this cooperation between big pharma, you know, big tech, big, you know, all in government. Right. And, and the surveillance state. And so... But they're still afraid of us if we do what the ottawa truckers do peacefully non-comply we're not taking this anymore you watch it'll change it, they're weaker than we think or right. they anyway go ahead sorry
0: so uh greg i had and i'm sure the the people out there that are voters that uh are looking at you as a political candidate for governor. Sure, I have a list of some questions, and I thought I <laughs> here would, <we> go. <laughs> you know, towards the end of the show here, I thought I would ask these. So, um, I'm going to ask you. There's an elephant in the room, which you know, okay. I have so many people that are telling me people that are opposed to you. They'll say, "Oh, well, he's he's uh, in the pocket of Bill Gates. He he he's he's you know he's helping Bill Gates." So. Um, I want you to explain that situation um, about how that got started Sure. And, and give you a chance to explain yourself on that.
1: All right. When I, get, okay, when I got back from a deployment at Gitmo, I uh-huh. remember, so serving the country kind of guy, I had to sell my business for the deployment. So you talk about giving up money because I raised my right hand voluntarily. Right. And so w- when I came back, I got a call from a high school friend. And this was Valley High School here in Albuquerque. He had become Bill Gates' money manager. The guy. Wow. Well, okay. i had done a pretty good job of managing money here in Albuquerque. He would kind of kept up with me, and we made money for people. And he said, we want you to come up here to Seattle and manage money for Bill.
0: And what year was this?
1: 2009.
0: 2009, okay. So
1: all the stuff we know about Bill now, what, in 2009.
0: We didn't know this. I, I don't think we were talking about it back then. Yeah. I, I know I never heard anything no. about it. He was a philanthropist. Yeah. He was digging wells in Africa. He was doing this he stuff. He was making operating systems right. for, for, for windows. And, right. yeah, it's like I, 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 yeah, I was indifferent to anything about him. Right. I, I just know I liked his Windows operating system and, and until right. the past few years. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So, it, by the way, there are two sides to it. I mean, there, there was the Gates Foundation, which is what most people object to. And then there was Bill Gates investments, BGI. There was a Chinese wall between the two. I was never with the foundation. In fact, they had huge rules about not even talking to the people at the foundation because no one wanted to be the Hillary and Bill Clinton Foundation situation. So uh, I went up there, I'll just say this, I was was a bad fit. I was kind of the choir boy, sort of the, the nickname. But I did get to see how billions moved. I got to see how these big guys are sucking the wealth from the lower and middle class up. I got to figure out how credit default swaps worked, how uh, derivatives worked, and how big money was working with all of these, these different agencies across the board. And just like Gitmo was an eye opener to me about how the political system worked in Washington, this was an eye opener to me about how big money moved. I don't approve of anything that Bill Gates is doing now with the vaccines and with all of this chemtrail stuff and all this crazy stuff he's talking about. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of conflicted. By the conflicted. way, do you think
0: there's something to those chemtrails? It's, I uh, do. I, I do too.
1: Yeah. And, and so, and, and, you know, all this talk about eugenics, and what he's, I don't agree with any of that stuff. But now let's think of it in military terms for all those people who say, oh, you're tainted. Imagine this. Imagine a soldier gets to go behind enemy lines and see the tactics, the techniques, the procedures, the plans of the enemy. Escapes. He comes back to headquarters, says, sir, I know what they're going to do. I understand how they're doing it. Would you throw that soldier out and say, oh, you're back there. You're tainted. Or would you say, son, sit down. Maybe you can help us. That's one of the reasons I'm running for governor. They are taking advantage of our permanent funds, our retirement funds. They're, they're taking these big pools of money that New Mexicans have actually set aside for decades and Wall Street is coming in here and pillaging it. There's one guy in this race who understands it. And then we, got, I hate to say this, but come on people, use your heads. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got somebody who could sit in the governor's chair and say, I know how to stop this. I know how to protect us from this. And they're saying, "Oh, he worked for Bill Gates. He must be a globalist." Guys, I spent 35 years of my life dedicated to protecting this country. So, would
0: you would you agree with me now that what you know about Bill Gates, he's a pretty evil dude? Yes, and he's throw, horrible.
1: Now throw and even on I the I mean, he's level. like
0: totally into this whole depopulation thing. Of course, I, it's like God. And now you throw in the uh, the Epstein Island stuff. Yeah. Oh come on! He's hip deep in that,
1: right? I don't support any of that. I mean, it's counter to who I am. But I got to see it. You ought to see it as an advantage and not the other way around. Right. But you can't. Some people just can't convince. So fine. Yeah. Think
0: what you're going to think, and well, I, you, I wanted move to give on. you a chance to explain that. Sure. For those that didn't know the whole story. Yeah. Okay. So, next question. Next question. Okay. So the other day, Pastor Smotherman stated that the candidates for governor are weak. How would you respond to that?
1: Oh, he's a free man. Do you think you're weak? No. I, I, I don't believe myself that way at all. I've always thought I've taken the harder path. And so Pastor Smotherman doesn't know me very well. Yeah. But again, he's a free man. He can say whatever opinion he wants to out there. And uh, I'll just go the opposite way. I think a lot of the stuff he's done has been very strong. Yeah. Anyway, he has stood up for this community. He's done it. He great has.
0: And he's, he stood his ground and didn't close his church.
1: I didn't close my business.
0: Good. Good and for you. Right. So you, you, you two got something in common. Well,
1: sure. And so, anyway, I just don't fire back on that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, what I know about him and what Littleman, you know, we've had a couple of conversations, gosh, over decades, not a whole lot, but i admire what he's done and how he stood his ground and i won't say anything negative against pastor smotherman
0: good okay so um i know this is often a city to city issue but uh, from the standpoint of the governor's office we've got a real problem going on with these homeless encampments that seems to be increasing i I, i'm driving along like i-40 especially i'm seeing more and more tents popping up along i-40 Right there, which I'm sure is probably uh, property that is probably owned by, probably owned by the federal government uh, to a certain easement, I would imagine. But anyway, we have these tents popping up all over the place. Camping is clearly not legal in the city. It's like, so, so why is this allowed to continue? I mean, it's like. Uh, okay. Well, I understand that you may have a situation. Uh, you may be you may be mentally ill. You may be right. uh, destitute, or whatever the, the issue may be. But it's still illegal to camp there, right? Regardless of your situation, you cannot camp there. It's illegal. So yet they're letting them do it, and so the more they let them do it, the more people do it. Well, so yeah, the problem's right. escalating.
1: Right. And, and it's not humanitarian. It's not nice. You know, people say it's not against the law to be homeless. Well, yeah, they, yeah that's true. Well, a lot of these guys break the laws on a daily basis and there are no consequences. I mean, just
0: the stolen shopping carts alone.
1: Sure. <laughs> and then, and you're right, there are layers to this. Look, the truly mentally ill, you know, we passed a series of laws that basically shut down these facilities that we had to take care of the mentally ill. Well, I don't know, maybe we need to reopen those. We don't want to be heartless. We're not. We're not like that. At the same time, we don't want to be stupid, which is what we're being now. I'll tell you the the things that are working uh, in other countries around the world. This isn't just to in America. In other states, you choose. All right, homeless person, you get treatment, or you you go to jail. But you have you've got to choose, and so. If you choose treatment, we are going to do everything we possibly can for your mental or your drug abuse or whatever it is that ails you. But if you're just out there kind of on your own because you love the lifestyle and you get to panhandle and you make more money, and you don't pay taxes, and you just you kind of dig this, no.
0: What about the idea, okay, uh, somebody's out there illegally camping. That's essentially what they're doing. Right. They're illegally, illegally camping. So you arrest them. You take right. them in you evaluate them okay yeah you're mentally ill you need some help give them the help put right. them somewhere where they can receive help that they exactly. need but you turn out it turns out they're one of those people that no i just want to do this i'm just i don't want to work i just want to like just be out here and just hang out and camp wherever i want it's like well uh no so uh no you need to you need to right. leave or right. you're going to jail correct that's yeah. right
1: you need to leave or you go to jail yeah and instead we've done the opposite first you know we passed this series of laws you know not just on the homeless piece but crime in general that you know we're now living with the consequences and we destroyed the bail bonds business then we decided to empty the prisons and change the parole rules and then we decided not to enforce things like shoplifting or you know, what they called petty crime so they just basically just made that
0: Legal. Right. Anything under, what, $900 or whatever it is. Oh, Oh, yeah, we're not going to prosecute you. Right.
1: And and so, and then, of course, we decided to either defund the police or humiliate them or make their job so difficult that, you know, why would you even want to do this job anymore? And then we wonder why we're having all this crime. All of this can be solved. I don't know if you know this. On the prisons, we typically had around 7,600 prisoners in New Mexico. You know, we're down in the 5,000s. But we've opened the prisons and just said, go. And then we've got the revolving door uh, of, all right, we caught you, picked you up in 24 hours. You're right back out where you were
0: and basically laughing at the system. Yeah, which is awful for the cops. I mean, they go to the trouble of arresting these people, and then you just put them right back out on the street again. Right. So we're enabling all
1: of this, and then we've totally flipped the script that the criminal is the victim— and the victims are the criminals.
0: <laughs> and I would think that this would be demoralizing for the police. And I mentioned that earlier, too, about how uh, in the downfall of a society, people become just demoralized, and they, and they don't want to do anything anymore. Right. And it's all yeah. leadership. It's like, what's the point of arresting him? You're just going to let them out again.
1: Well, and then we have the Justice Department in our police department. You know, we're still operating under that decree. We don't even have, in the military, we'd call it unity of command, where y- you know who your commander is, who's who's giving the rules, who's giving the orders. We basically have three different commanders within the Albuquerque police department and these poor officers. I mean, every, every time they do something, it's called into question. Well, okay. I mean, they're not perfect human beings. Oh, and then, and in, in, what is it? The, uh, immunity, the, um, what's the qualified? Word? immunity. Qualified immunity. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, th- these guys got to be terrified to do anything. So it's right. easier to sit in your cruiser, just sit it out you know, d- it's d- like you're
0: constantly questioning yourself and it's right. like, OK, do I have to wait until they've drawn their weapon yes. and they're actually pointing at me right. before I can? do? Well, it's it's too late. Right. Then it's right. like you literally are going to get you, It's like, well, do I face prosecution to defend myself? Right. You know, it's like it seems like they're going by some completely different rules than those of us like I have a concealed carry permit. Right. Which is unconstitutional. But um, that's for another that's for <laughs> right. another show. Um but anyway, so it, I have basically for me, it's like if there's somebody that is threatening me and I know they have a weapon, I can say, stop right where you are, because right. as soon as you make another step towards me, I'm going to shoot you. Right. And, and that's okay. But a police officer can't do that. A right. police officer literally has to almost be shot at first. And it's like, I'm sorry, if they're a good shot, they're only going to need one shot. And then you're dead.
1: No, I, I talked to a friend today whose son is a is a policeman. He was shot at last night, and and he's he's been at it five years, and he's just saying, Dad, I'm not sure how much I can more I can do this, and so of course we've got the bleed out in the department as people just saying, I don't need this, I'm out, or you can go from New Mexico at fifty eight grand a year for a policeman to Texas, not a very big move, and you're making ninety
0: grand a year. Plus they're probably giving you a sign on bonus in right. Texas too,
1: and they treat you well. Yeah. It's like, we're glad you're here. What can we do to support you? And we're we're not putting up with any of this stuff. And we wonder why, you know, the city of Albuquerque is deteriorating and kind of fading out. But again, it all goes back to leadership. And right now we have what smothering said, we have weak leaders. So you need people with some backbone.
0: Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So okay, here's a big one. Mandates. Oh, heavens. okay. Let's say, for instance, you were elected governor. What w- would you would, I would, would revoke you... all the mandates
1: in the very first two hours of my administration? Okay. Just immediately, Good. just take them away. That's an easy one. Now, and by the way, same with CRT. Yeah. CRT is gone in the first hour of the administration.
0: Yeah, it's got to go. Right. Um, this tyrannical power that the govern- governor has managed to utilize over the past couple of years, right. my opinion whatever law is on the books or whatever it is or whatever is on the books that she utilized to get away with this that law needs to be removed from the books it needs to be repealed it needs to be gone um, because the governor it's unconstitutional for her to have that kind of power and because the power is supposed to rest within the people right and and i can i can totally agree with the idea that you know the governor gets research from experts and 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 gives suggestions and says, okay, this is what's going on, right. and this is what our experts are suggesting you do, because really, that's the only power they have. They don't have the power to order us, not to mention the governor doesn't have the power. What the heck is a mandate? A mandate, it didn't even exist until the past couple of years. Right. It's like the governor doesn't have the right to do that. Right. It's like without. Anything from the legislature or the court or anything, the legislature has just been sitting on their hands for the past couple of years. Right.
1: And now they're finally fed up with it, too. Finally. Even even the Democrats are are fed up with it. But for a while, it was good for them because they didn't have to take accountability for anything. So they ceded all this authority so they wouldn't have to make hard decisions. Yeah. And, And then they started to realize the monster they had created. So what should the Zanetti administration be doing? What we need to be doing is shrinking Santa Fe. Need to be pushing power and authority back down to the local level, shrinking that bureaucracy up there, and saying to the local communities, "Handle these issues." Now, the big issues that cross, you know, all the counties, all right? Roads. Yeah, I get it. We're going to need some cooperation on the roads. Remember the water issue we talked about? At the, the roads time?
0: are getting pretty darn bad in this state. They
1: are. Remember Gary Johnson? What did he say? He said, "We're going to do roads, and we're going to do them well." Yeah. And everybody's like, "Hallelujah." And he didn't get involved in all this crazy stuff and trying to dictate every little piece of legis- life and legislation for us. And people were grateful for the roads, okay? Water. I think water is probably a statewide issue. The border is a state issue. Yeah. Energy. What, whatever you could do to make us the energy state.
0: So tell me, okay, on the border. What are you going to do about the border? Okay. Now, here's just what I think. Okay. National Guard or the National Guard or the the... Yeah. yeah, the National Guard. It's like, well, isn't the National Guard, just by their name, doesn't that imply that they're supposed to be utilized to protect the nation? Of course. And and to me, that would mean that they prevent people from illegally cl- crossing the border, sure. right?
1: Plus, we have border patrol. But all right, so l- let's talk about it as adults. <laughs> yeah. Because every single gubernatorial candidate is going to come in here and say, oh, I'm going to deploy the National Guard to the border. Mm-hmm. You think, well, you guys have never been in the National Guard. What units are you going to deploy? Yeah. Pla- platoon size, company, battalions. What are their specialties going to be? Uh, how are you going to integrate them with Border Patrol, ICE, you know, police, sheriff, all of these alphabet agencies that are already there? What's the chain of command? How are you guys going to communicate? What's the mission going to be? Is it open-ended? Is it forever? Or is it just for a certain period of time to achieve this result? Nobody talks like this because they don't understand it. But General Zanetti understands it. I lived it. Now, there's another side to this. It's the money side. Remember, this is financial advisors Zanetti talking now. Sure. Do you believe the Biden administration is going to help fund the New Mexico Army National Guard to go to the border, and they're going to pay for that mission to seal it up or to secure it?
0: Not a chance. Not a
1: chance. That means mm-hmm. it becomes a state mission. If it's a state mission, that means we're paying for it. All right, fine, I get it, and I understand the importance of it, and yes, we need to do it, but we better do it smart, because otherwise what you're going to do is you're going to drain the treasury, and that's money that won't be going to schools and roads and bridges and the stuff that we need, and you may not even secure the border, and you're going to end up going, what did we just do? So, General Zanetti and Governor Zanetti (laughs) together would say, all right, how are we going to do this in a smart way to secure this border with all of these other resources that we have for the long haul without bankrupting us. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, anyway, that's how I'm thinking. Nothing's free. Right. Um, Okay, these unconstitutional gun laws that they're trying to impose in the states.
1: You know where I am on that. Yeah, I I mean, what
0: can the governor do about that? I mean, I I know you could certainly, as a governor, you could certainly veto any kind of ridiculous gun bills they try to put through. Absolutely.
1: And, And a lot of these things that have been pushed through, and you said this earlier in the show, were promulgated by bureaucrats. Yeah. Some of these aren't even laws. They're regulatory. Can those be revoked by the governor? Yes. Can executive orders that have been Illegally pushed out there regarding it. Has, can those be revoked? Yeah, first day.
0: Unless you're President Trump, right? Well, <laughs> remember when Trump I, tried to revoke uh, Ob, uh, Biden or Obama's uh, thing with the what was it? The I can't remember what the term was, where they were allowing illegals to stay in the country. Right. And and he w- wanted to revoke. It was a executive order. It's like, oh, so suddenly executive orders are laws. It's well, like r- things r- are so. Messed up.
1: Uh, well, right, because the judicial system it has crossed the line. Did, the dreamers. And, and, That's right. 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 Yeah. It, but what Trump did do very well, I mean, despite that one, is every week his cabinet met and he said, how many regulations did you erase this week? Especially in the first two years. Remember, Congress wasn't with him in the first two years, not even the Republicans. All right, so he wasn't passing any legislation, but he said, all right, you know, Secretary of Energy, how many regulations did you revoke this week? And he would just, he would go around the table. It became a competition. How many could they get rid of? Yeah. And what what happened to the economy in the first two years? Oh, yeah. Boom, up we went just on regulatory relief. Could the governor of this state follow that model without legislative help? Yes, yes, yes. And then finally, when, you know, Congress, saw, oh, hey, this is really working. We better get on board with this guy. <laughs> then we got the tax cuts. Yeah. So anyway, we'll have two years to convince New Mexicans. Hey, a new way is working. You got to support this dude. They'll adjust. Okay. Okay. Next one.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. One thing I was thinking about is our current governor. Right. Has when it when it comes to transparency, she's been invisible. She has not been out at all. To talk to the people now, I think she's honestly scared to be out talking. The last time I think she came out to talk to the people was over there when she was at the uh, the that museum over by the Backstreet Grill, and, she and got a, booed. She, a whole bunch of us showed up, yeah, and we she didn't like that. we booed her really good, and she cut her speech short and left. But let's say, for instance. Uh, you became governor, uh, would you be transparent? How would you make sure that that happens? How would you be out there and constantly be a person of the people in which they see you on a regular basis and they know what you're doing?
1: Well, it's just kind of my personality. I'll say that when I was in the army and commanding units, I always thought if I'm in the office, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. You should always be out With the troops and whether that was in the motor pool or whether that was, you know, or a supply. But it's called leadership by wandering around. You will be surprised. Right. What you learn from a private first class. He says, sir, permission to speak. This is the most. Sorry, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you listen to him and you realize he's right. So, yes, I'm a leadership by wandering around guy. And I like it. I I didn't know I would like the campaign so much. Everybody told me how awful it would be. I've loved it to be out here with all these people, with all these different opinions saying this and this and they're all giving you advice. I mean, (laughs) but we have a lot of really smart people out there. And once in a while, you you know, you're going to get somebody kind of crazy. Okay. But even in the craziness that you can sometimes find a little truth. Anyway, it's just kind of who I am. So, yeah, I'm, everything you just said, it just fits my personality.
0: You know, it is an awful lot of fun being out there amongst all these people that are uh, out there trying to make things better. Because I, I think I told you that my good friend Audrey Trujillo, I've been helping <laughs> She's her. She's great. I know, I love Audrey. And and I've been helping her on her campaign. I'm like one of, her, one of her small group of trusted people that works with her on her campaign. And we've had so much fun traveling around to different events and shaking hands and talking to people. And, right. And it's, it's 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 really great because I've gotten to know so many people. Right. It's I,
1: Republicans, Democrats, Independents. I yeah. don't know. There's something special about New Mexicans. We Yeah. I don't know. We all kind of get along.
0: So anyway. It's just like the Patriot Movement I've been involved in the past couple of years. I have made so many friends and met so many really, really good people that uh, share my values. And we've gotten a lot done. And, you know, what we recently got done is... A whole bunch of us became delegates. We decided, hey, yes. you know, we have to we have to get engaged from the ground up. And it's like, how can we get in, involved, like at the very bottom where where things start? And it's like, hey, you know, we could start off by filling all of those delegate positions. So we, we did. We filled them all. Wasn't that great? Yeah. No, it was, it was so amazing. Great to it see was a huge accomplishment. The
1: convention. Yes. And all these new people coming in. It's like yes finally it's happening from the bottom up exactly and so you know back to the leadership thing you know when, when i was in command at Gitmo, my old people say what was it like having all those thousands of people working for you i said man you don't get it they're not working for me i'm working for them
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's true
1: and that has to be our attitude yeah all the way down from governor through the bureaucracy on down uh, uh, imagine you you were a you're an entrepreneur and you want to start a business here. What if you had somebody assigned to you from the economic development department that said, um, tell you what, in one week I have to get you through all the permitting, all the legal, everything to get you set up legally to do business here. My job is to help you get it done. And by the way, you know, I see this business that you're doing here. You know, you might have some allies over here in, in this little part of the state or in these businesses in this part of town you know, we've got some land here and an empty building here. We might be able to get you situated so that you've got some synergies with mm-hmm. them. And if you ever run into a problem with the government, you come to me and I'll help you get through it. Imagine that kind of concierge service. Oh,
0: my gosh, that would be such a uh, refreshing change because the attitude that we get right now is that we feel like, oh, my God, they're working against us. Right. They don't want us to be successful at this. Right. And, yeah. Could so the, Could the governor do that? yes. Yeah. It's
1: just a leadership attitude change. And so you can see this in, I keep referencing back to military, but it could be in a company. It is actually pretty pretty fast. You can change a company culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: with new leadership and people will embrace it so fast. They all know it's messed up. <gasps> Hallelujah. I knew this is how it was supposed to work. Yeah. And so, but what you have to get over is your ego And you have to get over power and control. And you have to get over this, look at me, it's all about me stuff. If people ever say, oh, look what Governor Zanetti did, I failed. It always has to be, what did we do? What did we do together? That's far more success than getting your name put on the airport or some silly statue.
0: You know what I mean? So, okay, so... We kind of touched on this earlier, but um, I personally think the PED needs to go away.
1: Yeah, it's constitutionally in there. So the what, ability what, for what the can governor you just, well, you, you would have to do what you just said. You, you'd have to work it legislatively yeah. to erase it and go back to a state school board. And even then, I would love for that state school board to be somewhat toothless. What you really want is power and authority down at the local level for the schools. And remember, we talked about flipping the money model.
0: Well, and it should be like that concept that you just mentioned a minute ago. The PED should exist to say, oh, we're here. How can we help you? Exactly. It shouldn't be, we're here, and you're going to do as we say. Right. It should, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. Right. It should be, well, we have this help available to you. Right. That's how it should be. Um, yeah.
1: Right. And so, again, all this just comes from new leadership. And I know it's not a commercial, but I'm going to do the commercial. There's no one in this race who's had as much leadership experience as I have. I mean, it really started at West Point and then a platoon of 30 men, right? By the end of my career, it was thousands as a general. And same with my business. I mean, I've had employees, all your small business people out there, man, I get it. I pay that stupid gross receipts tax
0: (laughs) I hate, oh, that's another thing. What do you think about the gross receipts tax? I personally think it's aptly named. I really do. Yeah, it it is
1: gross. (laughs) And what it will do is the reason we don't create wealth here. There's no way you're going to have real manufacturing in this state across the board without going hat in hand to the legislature. Oh, please give us release from this tax. Really, there's no company in America that looks at it and goes, what kind of tax? We're not going there. You immediately come off the list. So I'm going to take you back 35 years. It was uh, Governor Bush was running the state, that's about right. You know, Texas wasn't doing all that well. Oil prices had collapsed. He did two things. He changed the tax laws to reward entrepreneurship, private enterprise, you know, enterprise, ingenuity. What can we do from the private sector? And the other thing he did was tort reform. And I know this is boring, but it was reform in the legal system where you couldn't sue people all the time for every little mistake they made and you risked your business every day, you opened the door, oh no, one of my employees will do so, and I'm gonna be out of business. They changed that. When that happened, Texas did a U-turn almost immediately and they've never looked back. We need to do that in New Mexico. Change the tax code, do tort reform, and then this these wealth from the earth, wealth from human hands, all this stuff you heard me talk about previous, could we go from worst to first? I truly believe we could. Good. Anyway. Okay, what else? You've got that long list of questions.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see if i got anything left here. Oh, okay. So I mentioned transparency, basically transparency, dealing with the fake news. What's uh, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, fake news? I love that term. It's like, did Trump come up with that yeah, term? I, I don't know. I he don't took know. it from I somebody I heard it. He <laughs> stole it from somebody else. Exactly. I don't know. But he made it popular, certainly. So by what way would you communicate with New Mexicans if you were the governor? How would you do that?
1: Oh, I think I like the way President Trump did it. I mean, you do it directly as, directly as possible. Where yeah. people... People could come directly to you and talk to you, you know, just one on one. Gary Johnson used to do that. Yeah, it was I think it was called Citizen Thursday. Uh-huh. Every Thursday afternoon, nice. you just he'd open up the governor's office. There was no requirements. You didn't have to write a check. You didn't have to make a political contribution, and he'd just come on in. What's on your mind? I like now, that. Now you couldn't stay there for an hour. I mean, you know, because you had a line out the door. But why don't we do that? I mean, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be electronic. I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he said, you know, I sent you an email. And I said, you know, I got it. And he said, well, will you answer the email? I said, can't we just talk?
0: See, I'm old-fashioned. I like talking. It's like I come from a time in which... I like to pick up the phone right. or even better meet in person and and just and t- and talk. This whole this new generation it's like they're all into emails and texting and it's so impersonal. It's like I get so much more by having a conversation with someone right. and you know, even better, meeting them in person and seeing their face. Right. Imagine that—seeing their face and talking to them, and and just getting it all. You know, the expressions on the face and and how their voice sounds. Yeah, move. It's like you're so, banging yeah, your your, right. your, your microphone so here because I'm Italian. Yeah. But,
1: yes, and so, but but I also understand this is the real world right now. I I text all the time. I do yeah. the emails all the time. All right, got it. I'll adjust to. Yeah. To the people. Yeah. But I love I'm with you. I'd rather sit at the diner and have people come over and say, hey, governor. And, you know, let, hear him hear out. So Citizen Thursday be kind of cool.
0: I like that idea.
1: Me too. Sure.
0: Hey, producer, how much time do we have left? Okay, good. All right. So I just wanted to make sure that we don't run out of time before we expect it. I talk too much. So so tell you what, uh, General, why don't you sum it all up in five minutes? Everything we talked about today. (laughs) Sum up, up, you know, uh, as far as just everything, all your thoughts, just five minutes. I'll give you five minutes.
1: I want you to be optimistic about the future of the state of New Mexico. Okay. We have incredible potential here. And we've had it for a long time, and I think it's one of the frustrations that New Mexicans feel. Like, we know we can be better. We don't have to be, you know, the butt of jokes, the last of everything. We know we have wealth that God gave us. We also know we have brilliant people in this state. All we need to do is unleash it. I would add another part to this, and we didn't touch on it too much, but it is important to me. We have to operate off of a platform of honor, integrity, decency, telling the truth. E- even when we fail, we're all flawed messengers, but we can have a good message. So right now we have a culture that rewards corruption, that re- rewards selfishness. This is the kind of thing that really isn't in New Mexico's DNA. So maybe I should close with with this story and why I believe that the Democrats are just so off in who we are. I'm going to go take you back 80 years, because remember, I said we go through these shifts, right? The last big shift was World War II. Okay, back in the spring of 1941, just over 80 years ago, your New Mexico Army National Guard went out to California for an air defense artillery competition. It was who could shoot down airplanes the best. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Rebecca we won. <laughs> Our reward was the boys were sent to the Philippines. And so their job was to train up the Philippine army. Now imagine you're 18 years old. Maybe the first trip of your life was to California for the competition. And now, I don't know, you're from Lordsburg, you're from Albuquerque, you're Santa Fe. Now you're going to the other side of the world to sandy beaches, pretty girls. Pretty cool. You're a hero. And we all know what happens 6 months later. Pearl Harbor. On that exact day of Pearl Harbor, the Japanese invaded the Philippines. Our guys were left there with no equipment, no resupply of ammunition, no food, no nothing, and the orders were simple. Hold them as long as you can. The Japanese thought that they would take the Philippines in one week, maybe two max.
0: I've heard the Philippine warriors, they are tough.
1: They are. And it was... New Mexicans, together with the Philippine fighters, they held them off for four months. It totally threw off the Japanese timetable in the Pacific. Finally, they were all down to 100 pounds, uh, they had no nothing left, and General Wainwright called them in and said, fellas, uh, I'm going to surrender. They said, sir, don't do it, this is our Alamo, we'll fight to the last man. He said, no, I won't waste your lives. So they surrendered, and thus began the Bataan Death March. Now serious military historians look back and they say the war in the Pacific was won there because it gave America time to get back on her feet so we could take the war to the Japanese. Well, we all know what happened during the Bataan death march, but they, the Japanese saw something there. They had never seen before when our guys got fed, it was pretty rare. The senior enlisted and the officers went to the end of the line and they let the troops eat first. It wasn't me, 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 I, 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 I outrank you. It was putting others ahead of themselves. The Japanese couldn't understand this. In their hierarchical society, why would you possibly be like the emperor going to the end of the line? Anyway, when the guys got back from the war, the ones who survived, they were asked about this. They said, where did you learn that? You know what their answer was? We learned it from our mothers.
0: Oh, how nice.
1: We learned it during the Depression.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: When money was tight and food was tight, uh, mom fed, dad first, fed the kids, and then she ate. And so sacrificial leadership. And so I believe that's New Mexico's DNA. I think that's been in us for decades. And you look back at our history and you see this over and over again. And what the Democrats have done with the welfare society and how we've cheated people out of being better, And staying home and losing self-respect and pride and all these things. It's far more than a financial crutch we've done. We've really wounded them morally. But inside, it's who we are. So I think we're about to go through some serious times. Serious times call for serious leadership. But where it's going to happen is from the bottom up. And you watch New Mexicans respond. It will be stunning what will happen here. And I just want to be part of it.
0: Right. Well, you know, I think that, like I was talking about the bottom-up thing, and you were just mentioning that, too. I think the bottom-up thing is definitely where we need to look, because if everybody is just always shooting for that big office all the time, and a lot of us in in the community I've been in, it's like we're focusing on, and we were rather successful in the last election. Number one, we took a lot of the uh, delegate seats, which is going to be, we have some sway in the candidates now. Right. We had people run for school board, we right. had people run for city council, and good. we had a lot of success there. And and we took some of those lower offices. So one thing I was talking about uh, sometime back is that we need, we, we cannot let any of these offices go unchallenged. If we see an election coming up and there is not a Republican running, right. we need to get one in there. Because we've got a lot of good people in our group that can run. Right. And we have a lot of good people running in this election coming up this year. And I'm really excited to see what we can do. Um, we got to stay on it because the other side, they're always using one of Solomonsky's ta- tactics. They're always keeping up the pressure. Well, we got to do the same thing. We got to keep up the pressure. No, I
1: agree. I'm so tired of being on the defensive. I can't stand it.
0: Yeah. When we to go, go? Yeah, we
1: need to go on the offense and, yeah. and unapologetically. And just like the Ottawa truckers we we're talking about
0: at the top of the right, hour, they're on the offense. They are,
1: and they're not backing down. They're not being violent. They're not being mean, they're, but but they're being firm.
0: They're being firm. We're saying we're going to stay here until you comply. Right, and, and that's what you, that's the attitude you need to have. And they're threatening them, and it's like, no, they they they're not breaking any laws, and and that's why you need to be educated on the Constitution, on your legal, what your legal rights are.
1: Right. And, and you're fighting the fight here on the radio. I'm trying to do it in the governor's race. We had you right, all these wonderful candidates for school board and city council. Yeah. There's a growing movement from the bottom up that we're not going to take it anymore.
0: No, we're not. And
1: uh, that's good. That's uh, it's about time because he, people will put up with an awful lot just to be nice. Because generally we're pretty nice people. Yeah. It's all right. We'll put up. We'll put up. But at some point, it's the nice people who say, enough. That's when we win. And that's what's happening
0: now. Right. That's what we need to do. So I was thinking, why is our government moving to defund the police open our borders to drug trafficking, human trafficking, potential terrorists entering the country, releasing criminals out onto the streets to commit crimes against our citizens, promoting voter fraud, promoting a narrative of hopelessness and fear. There again, it goes back to what I talked about early on. Hopelessness and fear. People give up. They stop fighting. We can't do that. We can't give up. We have to have hope, just like these truckers. Right. And when you see people like that standing up, you need to support them you need to say how can i help you with your movement of what you're doing it's like we're going to have a convoy coming through the united states here in march it's like can you uh take a little time off can you uh, when the convoy comes through can you just drive on in and join them and join the convoy can you go and wherever they when they stop in dc can you go there and camp out for a while sure can can you i'm gonna try I'm certainly right. going to try. I, I'm going to try to participate in it as much can. And if you if you don't have the time to do that, do you have extra money? Can right. can can you donate some money to help supply them? Can you can you help them with their supply lines? It's like you as a military person, you know what supply how important supply lines are.
1: Oh no, there's there's an old saying in the military: uh, amateur study tactics, professional study logistics. Yeah, And so, yes, the logistics of this will be amazing. But no, your comment about can you, you bring your little car and j- join the convoy, That's it's right. a C.W. McCall song. That's right, again. get in the
0: rocking chair and just go on down yeah. the highway. But
1: remember who joined the convoy? 11, I like the, the 11, long-haired, long- long-haired friends uh, of Jesus. Friends of in Jesus. a Chartreuse <laughs> microbus. <laughs> <laughs> so I love yeah, that get song. in your microbus and join <laughs> the convoy. That's right,
0: join it. Join it so you know help in any way you can. If you can provide supplies, if you can, if you can donate money, if you can, if you can, uh, you know, like uh, all the basic needs. When they set up their base camp in D.C., they're going to need porta potties. They're going to need food. They're, you know, I, I saw some lady that she donated her time to cook food for right. for everybody. And it's like hey, everybody's got something they can do, something they can tr- contribute. And when
1: that happens, uh, I don't know the souls in us get stronger our backbone gets stronger, our chest, you know, yes, we are all in this together and we don't want to let each other down. Yeah. And that is far more powerful than some stupid mandate that they write out on a sheet of paper and say, obey. Yeah. And That's what they're afraid of.
0: Because what the government's been trying to do to us over the past couple years, and it's like you mentioned earlier, the Stockholm Syndrome, they've been trying to make us all as miserable as possible. They've been trying to ruin our lives as much as possible because what they want to be able to do is they want to be able to come along after they've destroyed our lives and we have nothing left to lose. And they want to tell us, "Oh, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help." <laughs> right. And they say, "By the way, the way we can fix this is we can we can do communism or socialism, and then right. the government will take care of your every need, and then you won't have to worry about this." This is exactly the goal they're pushing, and it's right. like, this is a push towards the Great Reset, the, right. the you know the Agenda 2030, the thing you hear about, and this is what their this is what their goal is. So how do you do this? It's like peaceful noncompliance. Uh, you don't lose hope. There's certainly plenty of jobs out there right now. I mean, everybody needs help. Get off your butt and go get a job. Yeah. And, and get new leadership.
1: Yes. Vote. Vote. Show
0: up. Get involved. And I know people
1: are upset about uh, the you know, voter integrity. They have every right to be. Uh, there are some deep concerns. I'll just give you some hope there too. In New Mexico, do you know that Otero County is doing a forensic audit on their voting results? Nice. Good on them. And yes. I never, I, I kept thinking, well, we have to do it at the state level. It's gotta be the secretary of state. She's not gonna cooperate. You know, and you start to, you're right, you start to lose a little bit of hope. Yeah. And now a little Otero County says, we're gonna look at this. Well, all right, what, what if Eddie County does the same thing? And Taos County and Grant County. And so, wait a minute, we have 20 counties looking at this insane we don't have voter integrity there are a lot of honest decent you know bureaucrats and elected officials at the local level who say i don't want to be this i don't want to win on these terms and from the bottom up could we change this on the voter integrity stuff even if no cooperation from the top yes but we've got to be supportive of them and say all right we're standing with you yeah and you watch it'll change
0: so, Greg, I want to say thank you so much for coming in. what oh, has been a pleasure. To my very first show on KDAZ. <laughs> i glad it was me. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, I also want to say that I, I just absolutely love the staff here at KDAZ. It's like they're so professional. Oh, yeah. They have been doing everything. Ever since I, I, I came here and we've been putting this together, it's like they've been doing everything they can to help me be successful, which is, right. is awesome. And thank you so much, Mary Kay, for producing the show today. And uh, just want to finish off by saying, do you own a, f- a freedom-friendly business? Advertise on this station, support this show, and many others like it. Want to send me comments or suggestions? Email me at N M at gmail.com. You can also check out my Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, and Telegram at freedomspeak at at beckamarienot- gmail.com. Or Becca Marie. And freedom is essential. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand stand up and tell the Marxists, those that are helping to push their agenda, hell no, we won't comply. We are the resistance. Stand up, America, and know your rights.